Welcome to the Business with Integrity podcast. I'm your host, Pedro Jerez. And in this podcast, we go beyond the surface to uncover the true essence of success and how to create your version of it in today's business world. And I'm here to take you on a journey through the lives of some of the most positively impactful brands and visionaries from top industry leaders to innovative small businesses carving out a brighter future. Extracting practical advice and profound insights to help you along your own path of greatness and guiding you along the way to create something that's meaningful, something that's profitable, and something that's truly transformative. And on today's episode, I'm going to be bringing you into the heart of what this community is about. I'm going to be walking you through a piece, reading it to you here. Um, a piece called The Business with Integrity Manifesto, a manifesto for visionary impact-driven entrepreneurs. If you've ever asked yourself the question, what does it mean to do business with integrity? I think after today's episode, that answer is going to be extremely clear. So it starts like this. The easiest way to stand out is to do the things that others won't. As you embark on the journey through this manifesto, I'm going to be presenting some ideas that seem unusual, yet they're essential in starting a conversation that paints a picture of what does modern entrepreneurship through an impact-first lens even look like. Throughout this manifesto, I'm going to be guiding you down unexplored trials, explaining the meaning of what we find along the way, leading you closer to the answers that you've been seeking. So all I ask is that you settle in and enjoy the ride. The lack of integrity in the modern business environment has opened up almost limitless opportunities for impact-driven entrepreneurs to grow a profitable business that has a positive impact on the world in ways that were significantly harder in any other era. Now, here's my prediction. Businesses relying solely on traditional business building strategies as the engine of their business, they're a ticking time bomb. And here's my thesis. This error is ripe for a revolution led by impact-driven businesses and entrepreneurs prioritizing solving meaningful problems, creating branding that actually wins hearts, marketing that feels good and that you're proud of, all while making a positive impact on the world. These are the pillars of leading your market, of igniting a revolution in your industry, and uplifting your community specifically in today's world. This is what I call doing business with integrity. In a world driven by obsessive growth, power, and wealth accumulation, it isn't hard to stand out and disrupt your industry. It's the part that I really want you guys to get. How? You do it by doing what others aren't willing to because they're too cool holding tight to what got them to where they've been able to get. And this is your opportunity. A better way to achieve what you want is to look ahead of the horizon and see where the world is going and position yourself 10 years ahead of your competition versus trying to do what's already been done. This is the way that you win. What this does is it builds a moat around your business, a moat so big that your brand becomes the definitive choice in your customer's mind. But now to fully appreciate this claim that I'm making, I understand that we need to really break down some of the nuances of what all this means. So I just want to share some backstory before we dive in into part one of the manifesto, which is I remember being in Colorado Springs for a business mastermind a bunch of years ago. And at this mastermind, I was handed this book called Evolved Enterprise with a little note inside that said, Pedro, here's to the future of business, signed Yannick Silvers. Little did I know the impact that that book would have on me. I was relatively green in business back then. And the experience of reading this book once I made it home uh, was unlike any other business book that I had ever read up to that moment in my life. Evolved Enterprise, what it did is it took me on such a visceral journey of what business could be that it literally made me fall in love with it. And I've never been the same ever since. I picked up that book. That's what a good book that challenges your worldview and communicates its thesis actually in a very clear way. That's what it does. And in some ways, it feels all this feels like deja vu between what that book did for me and what I'm attempting to do for you here in its own way. Either way, I just want to say it's an absolute honor to share this with you and I appreciate your attention. I've broken down this business with integrity manifesto into four parts so you understand how it works. And each part of this manifesto, what it does is it builds on the former and sets the 
stage for the next part. Okay. So the reason I bring that up is that I want you to listen to this episode in order. Okay. That's how you get the most out of it and understand the concepts to come. So I hope this resonates with you. And if so, once this episode is over, just welcome home. So to dive right in, let's kick this journey off with part one of the manifesto, which is the traditional path, the digital revolution, and the rise of business with integrity. Every generation rewrites the past in its own image. You see, for a long time, when I thought of history, I always thought of history as a bunch of like old stories that we had to memorize in school. And once I was out of school, so was my interest in these tales. But over time, I've seen history in a whole new light. And I know you know this too. History is more than a list of things that just happen. It's full of lessons about how humans behave, how societies change and how businesses rise and how they fall. And looking back, what it does, it helps us see patterns that repeat like clues of what might be happening next. You hear a lot of great investors talk about this all the time. When we spot these patterns, we understand where the world might be heading, what people might want and what questions we need to consider as business leaders. So as we dive into this manifesto, we're not revisiting the past for the sake of it. We're revisiting the past to pick up on its hints and its clues of where things might be going. And by understanding this, what we can do is we can prepare for what's next or check this out, what's already here. So let's take a closer look at the three major cultural shifts leading to what I'm alluding to. In the 1990s, there was a quiet yet powerful change that began to transform the business world. And like the subtle rumblings before a major earthquake, this change, it showed that there were big things to come, even if we didn't realize it as it was happening. The internet, then only a growing network of computers, was at the heart of this change. It set the stage for a significant shift in how we live, in how we work, and how we connect to each other. And back then, the internet was this vast, unexplored territory, but no more, right? Because it grew into this bustling global community. It was linking people and businesses in ways that were never seen before. And this growth of the internet, it wasn't only a technological change. It signaled more significant shifts that were about to sweep through the world and change all of these things in our life. And there were three fundamental changes that really stood out. Uh, looking back just over the last 30 years. And number one, it was the rise of women in the workplace. More women were taking on essential business roles, forever changing the workplace dynamics and the market dynamics. The second thing we saw was the dominance of the millennial generation. This was a new generation called millennials, and they started to make their mark on the world and their way of thinking influenced how businesses operated and marketed themselves. And the third one was the unstoppable advancement of technology. This was the rapid change, uh, the rapid development of technology. What it did was it changed everything from how we shop to how we communicate with each other. And these shifts, they were more than just changes. This is the part that I want you guys to get. Uh, they reshaped the entire business world in an entirely, completely new way. So I want to examine these shifts with you so you understand the impact of what I'm describing. So number one, let's start at the top with the rise of women in the workplace. The increasing presence and influence of women in the workplace and economic decision-making roles, it marks a significant shift that I don't want you to miss. It's compelled businesses to reconsider their marketing, product design, and even their service models. Why? To appeal to this influential demographic called women and their economic power, it extends beyond their direct earnings too, which when I first learned this, it like absolutely blew my mind. Um, in many households, even if they aren't the primary earners, women often control or influence the majority of spending decisions. I hope you got that. And this change is profound because women are now key purchase decision makers across all industries, including those that are dominated by men or targeted to men. So with all this being said, what I want to say is that the impact is clear. Companies that understand and cater to the needs and preferences of women, they're finding growth and relevance in today's marketplace. Number two, the dominance of the millennial generation. You know, millennials have officially overtaken other generations to become the largest segment in the workforce. Their numbers is what give them significant influence over market trends and consumer behaviors. I think I read something the other day that said in just a couple of years, millennials will make up over 50% of the workplace. 
which is wild and unique to their values. Millennials, what they do is they focus on experiences over possessions. They love to support social causes and they seek authenticity from brands. And so because of all of this, it's no longer enough to sell good products or services. Companies now have to do things that they never care to be bothered with. Leading brands in the millennial era um, are those that are willing and courageous enough to align with these values of this large and powerful uh, demographic. And so what this does is it flips a traditional transactional relationship on its head that we've known historically. Now brands need to embrace technology, not only for the convenience of it, but also for creating a sense of belonging through building community. And it moves towards a dialogue around shared values and interests. The tech savviness of millennials means that they're informed consumers because they grew up this way, connected, consistently connected and influencing each other through digital platforms. Just think about how you buy and purchase things. And because of this, leveraging online media to build brand loyalty and stay relevant today has never been more important. So in embracing this thinking, businesses, what they can do is they can find immense opportunities for growth and innovation. This leads to a deeper customer connection, brand loyalty, and a more sustainable path in terms of how you go about building your business in this era. So last and not least, I want to go over the unstoppable march of technological advancement to bring this all full circle. The rapid development of technology has changed how we shop and how we make decisions, point blank, period. Okay. And thanks to smartphones and the internet, customers can now do things they never could before, right? Like look up products, read reviews, and change their brand choice if they're not satisfied with your brand. This is the new reality that makes it harder for brands to keep customer loyalty like they used to, right? Like before, if you went to the local store and you didn't like your experience, well, you kept on going because you couldn't go on the internet and find 10 different options that sells the same exact thing that you were looking for. And that's no longer the case, right? Businesses now face the challenge of standing out in a digital world of choices and instant reviews. And so to succeed, they must be agile, always ready to respond to customer feedback quickly, by the way. And how you use this technology to make buying a more enjoyable customer experience is absolutely critical. It's never been more important. Data analysis, uh, making experiences personal, and connecting with customers online is now essential. Okay, so these tools help companies stay competitive and relevant to their customers. And so with that being said, I just want to say, screw the status quo. It's time that we do business of integrity, aka also your greatest opportunity. It's no secret that the traditional approach to business is all about closing deals, treating customers more like numbers than people, constant aggressive linear marketing, sleazy sales, and yours and my favorite, always squeezing for more profit. I just want to be clear. I'm not against making money. I love money. Let it be known. Businesses only exist when they make money. Otherwise, business would be called a hobby. And that's not what it is. It's called a business. It just often neglects to remember the human side in business. And customers feel this. Guess what? You feel this. They sense that when they're seen as sales targets rather than as real people to connect with, this can lead to customers feeling undervalued and not loyal to the brand, one of the biggest problems in the marketplace today. And while this might work for a while longer, um, it's gonna hurt your business in the long run because of the three critical shifts that we just talked about and laid out. So now we're at a point in this manifesto where you need to think about this for yourself. We, as a community, need to think about this. Well, the question is, will we keep doing things the old way or will we change and have the courage to lead our industries? And all this moves us into part two of this manifesto, which is the journey towards doing business with integrity. One of my favorite quotes of all time is fake companies are like fool's gold. It may glitter, but the market will always reveal its true worth. Changing our traditional ways of doing business, it takes work. 
Let me be the first one to acknowledge that. I don't live in a world of disillusions or illusions. It's tempting to stick what's always worked. But in today's world, as we now know, playing it safe is riskier than it's ever been. And if you don't innovate, here's the reality. You're going to get left behind. Okay, just think about the companies that you choose to do business with and those that you avoid. Let's see how we do. In simple terms, the ones that win our loyalty are the ones that, one, solve a meaningful problem for us or fulfill a meaningful desire for us. They align with your core values to some extent because you wouldn't do business with a company that you feel was doing evil in the world. I hope not. And the last one is that companies that consistently provide an outstanding experience, whether it's through their marketing, their products and services or customer service. These factors, these simple three factors that I just laid out, they lay the groundwork. And as basic as these things are, they're unique enough in today's world that you're gonna stand out if you have all these pieces in place. But to achieve this though, we really gotta dive deeper, right? Like peeling an onion, uncovering the essential elements contributing to this approach. So let's look at a multi-billion dollar case study of one of my favorite companies of all time in this impact-driven space. Patagonia, led by its founder, Yvonne Chouinard, it stands as a beacon of integrity, in my opinion, in business at a large scale. Their journey, it serves as a loose blueprint. I say loose because there's no formula here, but we can learn from people's journey. It serves as a loose blueprint for growing a business profitably while positively impacting the world. And its foundation, it's built on environmental care and ethical practices. What they do is challenge conventional business models by showing that profitability and responsibility can coexist inside of a business. Their commitment also extends beyond their campaigns to the core of their operations from e using only eco-friendly material and also uh, fair labor. And every aspect of their business reflects a dedication to making a positive impact. This deep commitment made known to their customers. Remember those few words, made known to their customers, has earned them a loyal customer base and a leadership role in corporate responsibility. I just want to clarify, Patagonia can take a stand for what they believe, but if they don't plaster it all over their branding and their marketing, they wouldn't be this conglomerate that they are today that maybe a lot of us listening to this know and love, nor would they be helping to ignite a revolution around consumerism all around the world. This proves that a business can transcend its products to become a force for good. And this strategy has proven that it's not only achieved significant financial success for Patagonia specifically over a few billion dollars, but it's also sparked a broader dialogue on societal's role on business. So the question now is, how can we align our business ambitions with a purposeful impact tied to whatever we're most passionate about championing in the world? An important thing to know is that this isn't about looking good to follow a trend either. It's one of the things I want to debunk right out the gate before we go any deeper into this manifesto. True integrity in business is more than just a trend. And let me be the first one to admit again that doing good in business is a trend, it seems. It's about real value, not just surface appearances. In a conversation with Andrew Ross of the New York Times, Elon Musk summed it up nicely. So I want to show you a clip here. Take a look of what he said in that interview. What I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. I just love that. Everywhere we see companies jumping on this trend without actually any real commitment on their part. And what happens is that their effort falls flat because of this, because they lack the authenticity, right? They want to look good, but they're actually not doing any good in the process. And we can see right through this bullshit, right through this BS, because we're intelligent consumers and it's time that companies start treating us that way, right? Authentic integrity, what that means is recognizing that behind every quantifiable metric in your business is a person with real problems to solve and needs to fulfill. And that's significant because when we see our customers in this light, we go from feeling that we have to do certain things to grow our business to realizing that we get to do things to better our customers' lives. I hope you got that. Because when I think about that, 
you know, what comes up for me is like, what a freaking privilege it is that we get to do the things that we do to better our customers' lives. It's time that we stop showing up from this place of entitlement. Like, if our customers owe us something, they don't owe us anything. We show up in service, not the other way around. And the best part about being in our shoes is that when we actually get authentic praise and people then thank us for existing because of this way of showing up, not the other way around. You know, when I first got into this game called business, I didn't set out to do anything that I'm talking to you about in this manifesto. I did all this because after making some money, my journey was that I felt incomplete and I couldn't stand the idea of dying in regret. I don't know if you've ever felt this way you know, wishing for more time so that I can do some things differently sometime in the future. I came face to face with the fact that I spend more time at work than doing any other activity in my life. And as long as that was going to be the case, which was going to continue to be my story because I love entrepreneurship. I love the game. You probably love the game too. Otherwise, I don't think you would be listening to this. And as long as that was going to be the case, I knew that that time spent away from my family and friends, it should feel great. And I knew that it should make the world a better place in some way, shape or form. I was ready for that in my life. And where this brings us in this conversation is to a word called generosity, my favorite word in the world. You know, generosity just isn't a virtue. It's a powerful business advantage as well, which I want you to get. And my belief is that when you're ready, you'll realize this very, very viscerally for yourself. Calling on you to use your unique talents, time and resources to create a meaningful impact on the world. It's a deeply personal realization where the act of giving in business and life aligns with your values and brings you emotional fulfillment. Yes, business can't do that. True generosity isn't about external validation, but an internal commitment to excellence and positive impact. It's about enjoying the journey, finding energy in the challenges, and focusing on your vision, which when you're in it for the right reasons, all those things get to take place. Proactively creating opportunities and experiences that resonate with your values and aspirations. It's a call, generosity is a call to live and work to a higher standard, to higher standards where the rewards extend beyond financial success. So here's a question for you. Do you accept this invitation to be generous? Does this word of generosity resonate with you? And if it does, I really want you to prepare your heart to go on one of the most fulfilling roller coasters on your life. And if you're on the journey already, then again, you know exactly what is it I'm talking about. That's my invitation for everybody as we dive into some more tactical pieces of doing business with integrity. So with that, I want to dive into the main course of this manifesto, which is part three, the principles of doing business with integrity. It's one of my favorite parts. I think that the most important thing is to have principles, whether it's in business or in life, you have to know what your principles are and have the courage to be consistent with those principles. This manifesto is built on a truth, a vital truth, the vital truth of that success and meaning of a business, they're rooted in its principles. And these principles go beyond the mere ethical guidelines that, uh, uh, that are the foundation of lasting impactful brands. They guide us through the ever-changing business landscape and shape our decision-making process because the only constant in business is that things are always changing. Something's always gonna go wrong. There's always things happening. That's the nature of being in business. Strong principles provide a business with a definitive direction elevating it above its short-term gain and personal biases, which we all have and is vital to acknowledge so that we can make better decisions in our life and business. So here are a few of my favorites that I want to cover. Principle number one is that there's wisdom in loving people. I love that we start here. The heart of a successful business today lies in truly loving and respecting your customers. This goes beyond mere customer service. It's about understanding and valuing your customers so freaking deeply that your brand resonates with them on a personal level. It moves them and they might not realize why, right? But your brand should evoke feelings and connections that make them see themselves as part of your story even before they make a purchase. I mean, have you ever felt that way about a business? Do your customers feel that way about your business? How do it feel for you to feel that way about other businesses? Okay, what this does is it creates such a connection, such immense connection between you and your customer and your brand. And creating such a connection requires sincere effort, 
and a true commitment to the person that you serve. It's a path meant for those who are genuinely passionate about their mission and who are committed to doing the work to get to that place where this becomes real and possible. And people who are committed and genuinely passionate about their customers' well-being. Full stop. So I want you to ask yourself, are you fully invested in the success of those that you serve? And if so, what I want you to remember is that every opportunity to do the work, every opportunity to do the work, yes, there's work in business. It becomes an opportunity to positively impact lives. Remember, behind every business metric are real individuals that have unique needs and desires. That's why businesses exist, to solve problems, to fulfill desires. Remember that. And when you focus on serving these individuals with integrity and generosity, the energy that you bring to these things, financial success, in my experience, and naturally follows as a byproduct of our commitment to genuine service, not the other way around. Embrace this privilege of serving others. It's not just a business strategy either. It's a meaningful way to actually live and work, right? Creating a collective impact and shaping the world that we aspire to live in along the way. Because if we're going to work and show up every single day, wouldn't it make sense that you love and enjoy that experience and then you would want your people to love and enjoy that experience? Food for thought. This all brings us to the business of integrity framework. This framework, just for some context, it was born from my extensive experience in business and marketing and over a million dollars that I invested in various business programs over the course of my career. And it goes beyond the mere income generation strategies and um, really focusing on making a positive impact in the world through business practices. And I do believe both are possible. It's one of the main core messages that we're really getting at here, which I hope you're getting. This framework was developed and it was designed to fulfill a gap in the market for entrepreneurs like us, right? who aspire to do more than just earn a profit. It's for those who are driven to make a meaningful difference, whether globally or in their local communities. Guess what? We need both, okay? We need global champions. We need local champions. Together, we get to create the change we want. And so with that being said, as we dive into this framework, I just want to say again, it's an honor to share this short guide with you. I want you to know that it's more than a set of instructions if you really get the wisdom in between. And there's really only so much I can say in one podcast episode, but I hope you get it because there's a lot of gold in here. And it's a catalyst for change for those who are destined to make a significant impact through their business endeavors. Okay, so let's dive into principle number two and the first point in the framework, which is all about winning hearts and doing branding that actually matters. So effective branding, what it does is it goes beyond the mere recognition. Okay, nothing you don't know. It's about creating emotional resonance with your customers. Your brand should be an experience, one that reflects your customers' dreams and aspiration, making them feel understood and valued even before they ever make their first purchase, meaning that emotional connection that I'm referring to. So I want you to imagine the connection that you feel with your favorite song. Think about that. This is what a brand should aim to replicate. It's about crafting an experience that aligns with your customers' emotions and values, not just their needs, which is more surface. In practice, I want you to consider a brand like Apple. So you have some practical examples here. In my personal opinion, or humble opinion, I should say, this is a company that's mastered this art to a large extent. And we'll point out some of the holes in their branding, in my opinion. People don't just buy Apple products for their functionality. They buy them for the emotional satisfaction that they provide. If you own an Apple product, think about that for yourself and see what you arrive at. What owning their product says about you. Apple's brand strategy, what it does is it focuses on creating a sense of belonging and innovation, appealing to customers' aspiration and identity. If you doubt this, let's think about one of Apple's most iconic campaigns where it really started for them. It was a campaign called Think Different, which perfectly encapsulated its brand ethos. Let's take a listen. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, 
disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So this campaign, it launched in the late 90s. And it wasn't about the specifications of Apple's products either, as you saw. Instead, it celebrated the spirit of creativity and innovation, aligning the brand with visionaries, innovators, and disruptors. Another word for aligns is associated. This campaign, it marked the pivotal point in Apple's brand evolution, positioning them not just as a computer company, but as a beacon of inspiration, a beacon of inspiration. What I want to point out here is how far away we are from selling personal computers. I hope you're getting this. Microsoft took the approach of selling features, AKA selling personal computers. And we all know where that got them in this sector. Here's what I want you to take away. We all have deeper reasons for why we buy what we buy. Our jobs as marketers, which if you're in business, guess what? You're in marketing if you want to have a meaningful impact on the world. Our job as marketers is to identify them and build a compelling narrative for your brand around those things. So to go a layer deeper, think about Apple's product designs. They also contribute to its brand narrative. The sleek, minimalist design of their products, from the iPhone to the MacBook, it speaks of sophistication and cutting-edge technology, even without even opening it, interacting with it, touching it. This design philosophy, it extends to their user interface, known for their intuitiveness and aesthetic appeal. If you speak to anybody who knows about computers, they'll all tell you there's so many other computers that are better just specs-wise, but not a lot of more people buy those computers. For some reason, people choose Apple. Why? Because their branding is better. This attention to design detail, what it does is it reinforces Apple's brand narrative of delivering not just the product, but of an experience. And to add to what I just said, it's not that they just have better branding, but they deliver on a better experience, which is a part of branding, right? So this attention to design detail, it reinforces Apple's brand narrative of delivering not just the product, but again, in experience. So continue on Apple's example. I want you to imagine now, this is the part that I think Apple's missing. Imagine if their branding now also emphasized a strong commitment to sustainability, similar to Patagonia's approach, which we covered earlier. This added dimension could really elevate their positioning, showcasing a company that not only innovates and is on the forefront of that, but also cares deeply about the planet, okay? unlocking a whole new market of customers. And why do I believe that? Well, again, let's go back to the three shifts that we covered earlier. It's just where the world is going, okay? So effective positioning, what it does is it places your brand in a unique spot in your customers' minds, distinct from your competitors. In today's market, you can further achieve this by integrating an impact model into your business strategy. And when this is done correctly on top of everything that we've discussed, what happens is that this approach positions your brand into a category of one, which is the holy grail in positioning if you can achieve it. Very hard to do, extremely possible. You know, where comparisons uh, with competitors, they become less relevant due to your unique value proposition that you're entering the market with. Okay, so inspired by concepts from Yonic Silver's Evolved Enterprise, which I highly recommend you get, consider how adding a sustainability model or a social impact model can enhance your brand's appeal. This approach not only differentiates your brand, but also resonates with increasing environmentally and socially conscious consumers in today's world. And if Apple integrated a strong environmental ethos into their branding, mirroring Patagonia's dedication to environmental responsibility, it could refine their market position into even a higher one. This strategy goes beyond selling products. It's about selling a vision and a commitment to a better world. I'm going to say that one more time. The strategy goes beyond selling products, which is what effective branding does. It's about selling a vision and a commitment to a better world. The ever charismatic Steve Jobs, I think, did this extremely well. Probably one of the best company spokesmen of all time. 
despite him missing this important piece. I wonder what he would have thought if he would have still been around uh, to contemplate these issues today. And I just want to say by combining exceptional product design with a commitment to sustainability, a brand can create a powerful narrative that appeals to customers' desires for quality and their aspirations for a better world all at the same time. So a lot of food for thought there. And with that, let's jump right into principle number three here and the second piece in the framework, which is all about feeling good and creating marketing that you're proud of, which I call the holy grail of marketing. Marketing that feels good to you, marketing that feels great to your customers, and ultimately that you guys both can feel very proud of. So in the realm of impactful marketing, it's not just about presenting an opportunity to buy. It's about creating a journey, a journey of trust. And here's the keyword, resonance, a word that you've heard me say now a few times. This principle, it underscores the art of shaping your audience's perception and belief in your brand's ethos well before the sales conversation ever begins, which is what effective marketing does. It's about aligning with their aspirations and their values of your audience, ensuring that they feel connected and valued from the outset, making it clear what problem you saw for them. You wouldn't believe how many times I see people's marketing and doesn't clearly outline what problem you solve for your customers. So making it clear what problem you solve and how you can help them along the way. I want you to remember something. Remember that converting a prospect to a customer often take time and nurturing along the way. And I want you to think chess, not checkers, if you want to be an effective marketer. Okay, strategize with the end in mind. Even if you've been able to validate a sales engine that creates sales for you in a short time frame, which if you have, that is amazing, but also think long term. Your ultimate business goal should inform your customers every step of your marketing, crafting a consistent narrative every step of the customer interaction. And that's the key, a consistent narrative. View your business as an integrated whole. Every aspect from marketing to customer service interlinks to create the overall experience that you're creating for the people whose awareness you're trying to capture and attention you're trying to capture. This holistic approach, what it does is it ensures a seamless experience that in a seamless core message is being communicated to ultimately achieve your business objectives. So reflecting on this holistic approach that I'm referring to, I want us to examine Patagonia's Don't Buy This Jacket ad campaign. Whether you're familiar with this or not, I think there's a lot of gold and value in studying this and looking at this and dissecting this. So this was a campaign that was launched on Black Friday, a day that is synonymous with consumerism. This campaign took a stand against impulsive purchasing. Patagonia, what they did was they urged their customers and or people who were on the market for buying clothing to reconsider their need for new products, highlighting the environmental cost of purchasing all the purchasing that they were doing urging businesses to make fewer things, but actually make higher quality things that customers might be able to keep for a long time. And at the same time, they were urging customers to actually think twice before they just bought things that weren't higher quality. And this was a bold move. And it exemplified marketing with integrity, in my opinion, because it prioritized their ecological values over immediate sales while still being extremely strategic. And that's the key that I want you guys to get. You can be in integrity and you can also be extremely strategic. What's wild about this campaign, get this, is it was a massive success, probably one of the most successful campaigns they've ever had in their company history. And it generated millions of dollars in new revenues in sales. So remember this for as long as you're in business. I promise you it will serve you well. The business that best frames the problem. The business that best frames the problem. Not only captures the attention, but earns the privilege to actually solve that problem. I hope you got that. The business that best frames the problem earns the privilege to solve it. Especially if your business is positioned to solve that problem. Then that's where a lot of things get to take place. Here are a few key lessons that we can draw from this don't buy your jacket ad campaign. Number one is to make quality products and services. This should go without saying, but I think we need to say it in today's world. Make quality products and services. 
exceeding expectations with quality products and services, what it does is it builds strong brand reputation and it justifies premium pricing, which is good for business. Okay. Second thing is get good at problem framing. This whole quote we talked about, the company that best frames the problem earns the privilege to solve it. Effectively articulating the problem that your product solves, what it does is it establishes your brand as the go-to solution, fostering deep emotional intellectual connections with your audience. Okay. And the third piece is lead with bold messaging. Don't buy this jacket from a company that makes jacket. Like, come on, does it get better than that? So counterintuitive messages can challenge consumer behavior norms making a powerful impact and differentiating your brand in the marketplace, especially against your competitors in a crowded market. The next thing is to educate your audience. So in this ad, don't buy this jacket. Guess what? Well, they laid out all the reasons why not to buy a jacket and the impact on that in the world. Whether you know this or not, fashion is one of the most polluting, if not the most polluting industry in the world. And they felt a need as an environmental company that happens to make clothing to educate the market about that, which again, positions them as a great company to buy from because of how thoughtful they are about these things um, and how important and seriously they take quality. Okay. So highlighting key issues and why you exist in the first place, the problem that you solve, like environmental costs, um, educates consumers and promotes informed decision-making. And guess what? Everybody wants to make informed decisions and everybody wants to make good decisions. But if they don't know what they don't know, then they can't make those decisions. And that is your opportunity to capitalize. The next thing is to make it a marketing campaign. Okay. This is a big one. So well-planned marketing campaigns tailored to a specific audience and message, they're crucial for increasing brand awareness and actually driving sales, okay? Which is, if we're in business, what we're choosing to do. Um, I want you to think of a marketing campaign, if you're not familiar with this term or even just to break this down a little bit more for you, um, as a coordinated series of steps, a coordinated series of steps that um, include the promotion of a product or service through various marketing channels. Think about it like if you were the architect to building a building, it's no different. You want to architect your marketing so that you can end up with this beautiful building that's not going to collapse when it's all said and done. What you're doing is building a marketing campaign that's going to generate a particular result to serve a particular group of people who want this problem solved or this desire fulfilled. Okay. So these campaigns are strategically designed to reach a targeted audience with a very specific message that's going to resonate with that audience. And often in marketing campaigns, key elements are a clear set of objectives, a defined target audience, um, a consistent message across different platforms. So a narrative arc, um, and creative content tailored to engage that audience in specific actions, AKA direct response marketing, um, which is what I highly recommend, uh, the type of marketing it is that you do. Um, the goal is usually to increase brand awareness, right? To generate leads or drive sales or improve customer engagement. Every different campaign has different goals. You want to be clear on your goal. Um, Effective campaigns, they're well-planned, they're well-executed, and they're monitored for performance. And data is absolutely king um, in all of these things. And often what they do is they leverage a mix of media channels such as social media, email, SMS, advertising, um, and or public relations, depending on the size of your campaign. And the last piece from this campaign and lesson that I want you to walk away with is um, creating engagement. One thing that Patagonia did really well with this campaign was actually create engagement, which was to spark a conversation, not just about Patagonia, but about a bigger issue, which again, they were perfectly positioned to solve um, if someone engaged with the issue and the problem. Okay, so campaigns that spark discussions on broader issues, what they do is they can reinforce the business's role in societal or environmental matters in this case, but it can be related to whatever it is that you're championing and or standing as a beacon of light for in the marketplace. So all of this, hear me out, all of this went back by uh, branding that wins hearts, which we talked about, um, which we covered in the last principle. It makes for a compelling case on why someone should buy what you have to offer. Yes, this is the work that it takes. And 
The reality is that we're just scratching the surface on this stuff. So I want to give you one more example here before we move on to the next principle, just to make sure that you're really getting this because um, it's really that important. So um, to give you one more compelling example of this, let's take a look at REI's um, opt outside campaign. So if you're familiar with this, you're going to love this. If you're not, you're going to love this as well. Um, just this counterintuitive approach to marketing. Um, so REI's decision to close all of its stores on Black Friday, um, starting in 2015, uh, believe it or not, um, encouraging employees and customers to spend time um, in the outdoors was a bold stance against the consumerism typically associated with that day of Black Friday. And this campaign, it resonated deeply with their community, reinforcing REI's commitment to outdoor lifestyle um, and environmental values, which is the type of company that they are. So it demonstrates the effectiveness of aligning marketing efforts with brand values. So, and by doing so, what they did was that REI not only distinguished itself from the, comp the competition, but it also fostered a stronger, more loyal customer base in the process. And this approach really underscores, and the reason why I wanted to highlight it for you, um, the principle that we're talking about, which is feel good. How can you feel good? How can your customers feel good? How can your team feel good? All while doing marketing you're proud of that actually produces real tangible outcomes for your business, right? Because we're not running a hobby here. Okay, so let's dive into this campaign. So highlighting the impact of value-driven marketing strategies that go beyond uh, conventional sales tactics. And check this out. When you look at their post campaign, uh, if you're watching the video version of this, look at some of this messaging here. And what's crazy about this is that the, S the CEO of the company, he was invited to be on national television across a godly amount of different networks um, to talk about this campaign and why as a company they decided to do this. And what they did was they received millions of dollars worth of free press, which translated into millions of views of them talking about REI to guess what? Potential customers who can evaluate in real time if they resonated with the company's values and also if they had a need for the problem that the company helped them fulfill. To say that this campaign was a success would be an absolute understatement. And that's why they've run it every single year since 2015 and have no end in sight. Um, like I absolutely love this campaign. And just to offer a, a little bit more thoughts around this is that um, their employees got paid time off. They became even more raving fans for, the, for their company. Their customers uh, said, oh, this is really cool. This is really what this is all about, right? Like we buy stuff here so we can spend times outdoor. And here was a company that they were buying from that was advocating for that. So their customers became even more raving fans in the process. Guess what? As they were in the outdoors opting out from basically being part of all the madness on Black Friday, they were posting it on social media using hashtag opt outside, creating visibility for REI every single time that they did that. And then millions of people who had no idea who REI was in the process got a chance to also discover this in real time and who decided to opt outside. And if they didn't know about REI, discovered and found out about REI in that process. And guess what? Probably earned so many new customers in the process. And I can tell you something. No brand in the world, especially not a brand of that size, is going to run a campaign every single year since 2015 if it wasn't wildly successful on all fronts, from employee happiness, from brand loyalty to actual tangible business outcomes, aka driving millions of dollars in sales across the entire nation. That's the power that your marketing can have. So I want to talk about a few of the key lessons like we did for the Don't Buy This Jacket campaign here um, to make sure that you're getting some of these things. So um, one of the key lessons that I see from this is that is the value in aligning your brand, um, aligning with your brand values, right? Which is also why it's important to know your brand values. I hope that you know your brand values because that's where so much of the inspiration and juice can come from for great marketing, right? Um, REI's decision to close on Black Friday, it aligned perfectly with their brand ethos. 
this campaign wouldn't make sense for a lot of you, but it made sense for REI, right? So the key is to know your brand values and find the inspiration to create your own impact with those unique brand values of yours. It went perfectly with their brand values um, of enjoying the outdoors and environmental consciousness, right? And this authenticity, um, it resonated with their audience and people that discovered who they were for the first time. Here's the second piece, the second uh, tip I can give you from looking at this campaign. So what it did was it made them stand out from the competition, an opportunity you have as well. So by going against the norm of Black Friday, essentially the most busy day where you drive the most sales in the entire year, you got to understand a lot of businesses live by sales. Um, REI set itself apart in a crowded market, demonstrating a commitment to its values over profits without needing to discount themselves in the process, which is crazy, which means that they were even able to make more profit on the back end of this when you really think about it. And number three is creating a community movement, an opportunity that we all have. Okay, so the campaign, it didn't just promote a product. It created a movement encouraging people to spend time outdoors. Um, it fostered a sense of community among their customers and new customers that were just entering their world. So you had all these people, right? When you look at a hashtag, you can see all these people who are sharing. And so there was a sense of belonging that was taking place in the way that they were bringing people together, right? When you create belonging, you create loyalty, right? As long as you don't mess it up. Um, through some terrible brand experience. Uh, the next thing is number four, they earned media attention. And when you get this right, when you get this really right, this is what happens. People knock on your door to talk about you, okay? Um, the unusual nature of the campaign, what it did was it drew significant media attention. It showcased the power of unique marketing strategies in gaining free publicity. The next piece, number five, is long-term customer loyalty. So by prioritizing values over immediate sales, something that you saw Patagonia do as well, REI strengthened customer loyalty, proving that ethical marketing can also be profitable. And guess what, guys? These are both companies that are doing billions of dollars worth of sales. Okay, so this is being done at the highest level. And what was so powerful about this campaign was that they've been able to run it time and time again now for nine years, 10 years um, in a sustainable way. So uh, the campaign success led to it becoming an annual event, right? Something they do every Black Friday, every year, uh, showcasing the sustainability of value-driven marketing strategies. Okay, so this is all food for thought here. All right, so let's go to the last principle in all of this, which is making an impact and establishing your legacy, probably my personal favorite of all. Um, because at the end of the day, the question you got to ask yourself is like, what is this all for? So in the final principle of this manifesto, um, we turn our focus to the lasting impact of your business. Establishing a legacy, what it does is it transcends mere financial success um, and it makes it about creating a lasting positive change in the world and in the lives of your customer. Over time, what you start to realize is that by focusing on that, you get to create the thing that you're probably obsessing about right now, which is the financial side of things. Okay, so this principle is the accumulation of everything that we've discussed so far. It's about loving your customers. It's about crafting a brand that resonates deeply branding that matters. And it's about marketing with integrity, right? This feel good, this marketing you're proud of. To create an enduring legacy, it all starts with having a clear long-term vision. Uh, this is a compelling picture of where you want your business to be in the future. It's a detailed description of what success actually looks like, encompassing various aspects of the business, such as culture, products, customer experiences, um, and also your market position. This vivid vision, what it does is it serves as a roadmap of inspiration, guiding strategic decisions and actions, a theme that we've been talking about here. So I'm gonna give you an example, but a little bit of a different one and one that's a little more personal, um, which is the business of Integrity Brand. So this was a brand that was created very, very intentionally to help founders, entrepreneurs, and business leaders grow successful, profitable brands that positively impact the world. Very clear, 
very simple. And our culture and the people that we want to attract, it can be captured in our core values. Um, and by people we want to attract, I'm not just talking about people on our team. I'm also talking about uh, the customers that we're fanatical about serving. So our core values at Business of Integrity, they're all about being passionate. You got to be passionate. You got to bring a certain level of energy to what you to what you do. Right. So we have a deep, unusual passion for what we do. Um, also, integrity, being integrous is one of our core values. We embody honesty, fairness and transparency in every single decision and action that we make. Communication and being communicative. We engage in open dialogue, listening deeply and speaking candidly. Being trustworthy. We appreciate respect and have faith in one another's abilities and word. If you're on this team, let's just use that as an example for now. Um, and you're on a project, then we know you got this and vice versa. If you're choosing to do business with us, you're making a commitment and we trust that you're going to follow through on that commitment. Um, being a leader, a massive one here, uh, which is to be confident in taking decisive action, knowing that we stand by your side, right? Um, which means have the courage to do what you know is the right thing to do. Being collaborative, you know, we champion collaborative intelligence to accomplish extraordinary results. I think anybody who's achieved anything great knows this to be true. And so it's something we really value here. And generosity, you know, our favorite word in this community, uh, the call to be generous. Uh, we want to surround ourselves around people who are generous. We relentlessly give without expectation and we raise the bar in everything we do, making each other better every single day. Um, being collectively responsible is another one. In every success or setback, we stand together, ready to move forward as one. And my personal favorite is being playful, or one of my personal favorites, I should say, is to be playful. Uh, something that I've been learning how to do more and more and more, which is having fun. Um, because what is it all for if you take life too seriously? Um, let's have some fun along the way, right? Um, and my new belief and what I encourage everyone here is that I really believe that we function at our best when we don't take ourselves too seriously, right? So these values, what they do is they drive our every decision and are the standards that we hold our team to, um, our audience to, and our customers to. Our business model and product offerings are very simple, right? But we're fanatical about it because it clearly helps us fulfill on our individual mission. You gotta ask yourself, what's your mission? Okay, so we sell one product, which is called the AI Business Accelerator for impact-driven entrepreneurs who want to grow the type of business that this manifesto is claiming that is possible, okay? Um, and instead of offering several products, our commitment is to make one that has no rival inside of this industry. And we take 30% of our profits that we make through sales, um, through our programs. And what we do is we invest it into expanding awareness related to mental health issues, something we're extremely passionate around here uh, through viral media specifically that provides solution to important issues um, in today's world. And we take the remaining profit that we don't invest into R&D and we invest it in impact driven companies with exceptional teams that we believe uh, we can deploy our resources, our talent um, to help that company go iconic. And that's it. Short, simple and compelling. Right. Um, and we obsess along the way as well about our customer service experience going above and beyond to ensure that our customers feel loved and that they feel cared for. Um, we market hard, yet we always do it in alignment with our values and stand behind everything that we put out into the world. Um, here's what I'm trying to say with all of this. Um, if you don't have a long-term compelling vision, how can you expect yourself, much less your team and your customers to get passionate about what you do? exactly what Patagonia has, exactly what REI has, exactly what Apple has. So in closing, I'm going to leave you with a few more tactical ideas regarding establishing your legacy 
which I would really encourage you to contemplate on and potentially consider actioning if they resonate with you. So here's the first one. The first one is innovate for good. Harnessing innovation, not just for competitive advantage, but to address pressing global challenges. Um, this could be through groundbreaking products and services that solve a meaningful problem in the world um, or new business models that offer solutions to societal issues or environmental issues, depending on what you want to be a champion for, um, can lead to new growth. The next one is make impact. So focus on initiatives that promote impact, not just in environmental terms, but also in terms of social and economical impact. So the question that you really need to ask yourself is, what cause do you want to be a champion for? Therein lies your answer on the other side of that question. Measure your impact. So establish clear metrics that you want to achieve. Um, I really encourage you to measure uh, the impact of your initiatives and celebrate them with your community, with your team, um, with yourself. Something that's hard for us to do as entrepreneurs sometimes. Um, what this does is this helps not only quantify your contribution, but also continuously improves your strategy over time. Okay. Next one is build your community now. So your legacy is also about community about the community that you build along the way. So your customers, employees, and partners who share your vision and values um, have something that they can engage in and get behind um, along the way. Engaging this community in meaningful ways can amplify your impact and also extend your reach. Be authentic and transparent. Advocate for transparency. Be genuine in your effort. I hope this goes without saying. So customers value authenticity and can easily discern something we've talked about throughout this manifesto between genuine commitment and superficial attempts at corporate social responsibility. Okay, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that company. Please, no, don't do it. Um, you can be better. You can do better. Document your story. Share your journey, the challenges, successes and lessons learned. Um, this is your opportunity to be authentic in what you're learning along the way and inviting others on that journey with you. Sharing your story is a powerful tool that can inspire others, attract like-minded individuals and organizations to want to collaborate with you um, and promote your message and cement your place as a thought leader um, inside of your industry, right? Uh, look at the companies that you look up to. What is it that they have to say or what their founder has to say? You can be that too. And the last one is embrace a legacy mindset. Okay, so this is about cultivating a mindset that focuses on legacy. And this means making decisions not just based on immediate outcomes, but concerning the long-term effects on future generations and the planet um, or whatever it is that you're passionate about championing. Okay, so point is by embracing these elements, your business can, tr can transcend traditional boundaries and become a force for good, um, leaving a lasting legacy that inspires others and makes a meaningful difference in the world. And with that being said, I wanna bring you into the whole grand finale of this thing, uh, part four of this manifesto, which is the invitation to take the ride of a lifetime. There's a great quote by Steve Jobs, which I love, which says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to truly be satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. That's what this manifesto has been advocating for this whole time. So I just want to thank you for journeying with me through this manifesto. It's been an honor to absolutely share it with you. And hopefully you see now um, why now is the time to, to do business with integrity and why it's the best time in history to be an impact-driven entrepreneur, especially if that's where your heart is calling you and how you want to show up in the world. You know, we've explored through the transformative power of principles. Um, we've talked through the, the three shifts, three cultural shifts. We've talked about branding. We've talked about marketing. We've talked about generosity. Um, and we've also talked about 
legacy in shaping a business with integrity. These are not just ideas. That's the part that I really want to make sure you don't miss. They're a call. They're a call to action, a roadmap to a more meaningful and impactful way of doing business and really like living life. And so as we wrap up all of this, um, I really just want to encourage you to stay connected and dive deeper into these concepts because um, we're just at the tip of the iceberg in terms of the rabbit hole. And you can do that by joining our email list at businesswithintegrity.com, where I write about these principles um, and some of the concepts that we've discussed here um, on our newsletter. And through there, you'll receive insights and updates, um, continuing the conversation that we've started here, which you can feel into if that's a conversation that you'll like to be a part of. Um, And the only other thing that I'll say is that for those listening who potentially are ready for a little bit more um, and who are ready to lead their market and ignite a revolution in their industry and uplift their community, um, our AI Business Accelerator program, which I mentioned uh, throughout this manifesto, is really the catalyst that shows you how to do that, that guides you to that outcome. And so when you join our email list, again, at businesswithintegrity.com, you'll also have an opportunity to opt in to be notified about its release uh, sometime in Q2 of 2024, depending on when you're listening to this. And just for a little more context, this program is tailored for serious entrepreneurs, which I doubt anybody would be listening to this uh, this long, this far, if you made it this far. Um, I know that's you. Um, It's tailored for serious entrepreneurs and business leaders really committed to making a substantial impact. And that's what really separates us from any other program out there in the market. So if this manifesto has resonated with you, I just want to say welcome home one more time. Um, You're not just growing a business. You're embarking on a ride of a lifetime. You're embarking on a call to be generous with your one and precious life. And together, we have an opportunity to redefine success and create a legacy of positive change. So until next time, be generous, my friend.